LSG Media presents a Game of Thrones podcast. Welcome back to the Game of Thrones podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Dean, and today joining me is Jessica, and together we will be covering Kill the Boy, Season 5, Episode 5, halfway through the season... What? What? This is episode five. There's only ten. And guess what? I hear there's only going to be seven seasons. So technically, there's only 25 episodes of Game of Thrones left. So start your countdown. That's ridiculous. Some shows have 25 episodes in one season. And those I, shows are not very good. I well, agree. Some of them are good, but some of them are bad. I agree. So how are you doing this evening, Jessica? Doing pretty good. Awesome. I got my caffeine. I'm ready to go. You got caffeine. I got something purple. I think it's a Gatorade it of like- sorts. Some type of space drug. There's probably no vodka in it. Probably And together, not. we are going to conquer this episode. I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready too. Initial impressions of uh, Kill the Boy. Um, I liked it. At first, I was like, this title's really weird. What boy do they want to kill? And then Master Raymond's like, Jon Snow, you got to kill that boy. I'm like, what boy? But it was just a metaphor, so... I was thinking Tommen, and then I realized there was no King's Landing. No, there's no King's Landing at all this episode, and I didn't really miss it. Not in a bad way, but it was okay. It was okay, yeah. I liked the way this episode was structured a lot. I like that we only kind of really have five things going on, and really only three. Marine, the Wall, and Winterfell. We get a look in on Podrick and Brienne, and then, of course, we get the final scene with Jorah Mormont, and, of course, Tyrion Lannister. So, yeah. I'm excited about this episode because um, the most interesting storylines were furthered in this one. I agree. I love Jamie. I love I love Dorne. I haven't seen enough of it to love it too much yet. Love Cersei. I feel like I was expecting a little more out of Dorne. Yeah, I think I was too. I think I just see um, maybe next week Julian Bashir sitting there, kind of frail. Julian Bashir. Yeah, I know Doctor Bashir. Just kind of really sitting there. About that, though. But. I want him to do cool stuff and be like a doctor and save people's lives. I kind of want him to do cool ruler things, but no, that's not happening. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this the way we always do this for the first time joining us. This is what we do. We go by character, we go by location, whatever, and we just um, cut through it. We don't do it sequentially, meaning we're not going to do the first part of Marine and the first part of the wall and the second part of Marine and the first part of... Too confusing. Yeah, it's way too confusing. So we're going to do all of Marine, all of the wall... Podrick Brienne, all of Winterfell. Look and at how like Dean just made up the order like that. Tyrion a lot of times we pick it as we go along, but today Dean meant business and he told me I we needed a new I meant business. I, I meant like business. when Dean goes, Where should we go next? And I make up a reason to go somewhere, but not today. Well, I've already got our journey of Westeros and Essos mapped out. Yeah, I see it right there on that map. Now here's the good news. This particular episode of Game of Thrones, and this is just a teaser, has a very beautiful tale of romance and i can't wait to get to it later oh my god but that'll have to wait we're going to talk about a very special romance from westeros history romance that i know about you do i thought you were talking about masandi and gray worm and i was gonna puke you're a big fan of masandi and gray worm yeah yeah yes rock solid and professional segue into our first stop yes marine we go across the ocean to essos to marine that's right and how does the episode open? With Masande crying over Grey Worm. Yeah. Ooh. Daenerys mourns Selmy. As do I. And we have Masande mourning. Well, not mourning. We have Grey Worm <laughs> mourning himself. <laughs> right? <laughs> so 
I know that you don't like the storyline at all. No. I you don't, don't like these two characters much care. at all. No, I don't dislike them. Like, I like that Masandi is like Danny's friend and like does her hair and stuff and gives her advice. I like that Grey Worm is like a cool dude who fights people and is kind of like a badass. But I don't need them to be in love. I'm okay. Agreed. I'm all set with the love. Agreed. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I'm down on love sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts by saying some things that I liked. He starts by saying, I failed him, meaning Selmy. When he yeah. finds out Selmy's dead, he does the sad rollover. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. How cliched. <laughs> he does the sad rollover. And then he says he failed him. He failed his men. Aww, and he's not mad part. that he was wounded. He wasn't. It wasn't the fear that bothered him. It was, it the, was fear, the prospect. But not the fear of death. But the fear of never seeing his lover again, his his cuddle buddy. And at this point, at first, when like Grey Worm was just laying in bed and Masandi was like looking at him before they were like conversing, and I think he was like unconscious. The very first shot of them, I was like, maybe now she's gonna like lift up that blanket and check out what's going downstairs while she has the opportunity. I gotta be honest with you, I was kind of hoping to see something stir down there. I was hoping to see the sheets move if around. If it was a there, bit. I think it would have. So I think maybe. that's bad news for. I don't know. Masandi's pornographic sex life. Did you say pornographic sex life? Yeah. What does that mean? It means that if they, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody's going to film it. Just, yeah, gonna, maybe. Or, or draw it. I don't know how they did it back then. They just drew, uh, made a flip book. But yeah, I guess, um, so yeah, Grey Worm is a badass. I like Masandi as well. I don't necessarily love them together. It doesn't do much care. for me. Yeah, exactly. I got enough characters I got to worry about. Don't need to worry about a love story between the two of these people. Let's go somewhere else. There are some people who I care about their love story. These are not some of those people. Like, I mean, Ramsey Bolton and that chick. Man, do I care about that. That's going to be a good one. Said no one ever. <laughs> um, anyways. So talk to me a little bit about Marine. Well, Danny's going to start doing some crazy awesome shit in this episode. And first she's talking to everybody and she's like, listen, I need the leaders from all the great families. And our good friend, Hisdor Zolarak, that's his name, right? Hisdor Zolarak. Is like, um, shit, Danny, but I'm the leader of my <laughs> great family. And Danny's like, hmm, oh, well, sorry. Joke's on you, brother. I think this is a great move. By the way, a much better move than Dario, who's basically like, let's go into turtle defense mode and then just start exterminating people. Yeah, Dario, come on. This is why he's not a leader. He's a sellsword. No, and also Danny's boyfriend. Yeah. So I like how she rounds up these family leaders because let's face it, the family leaders have influence in this city. Big they time. know people who know people who know people. I guarantee you some of these leaders or former leaders have a pretty good indication that they could probably zero in on some of the people behind the sons of the harpy. Yes. Right? Definitely. So they're kind of just coasting, kind of coasting with their new boss. <laughs> <laughs> coasting on the substitute teacher. And she's yeah. like, nope, we're going to bring you down to the dungeon to see the dragon. Test. Little dungeons yeah. and dragons. You know Little what I Dragon like? City. See what I did there? It was cute. I love the set piece. I love the big tall pillars, the torches, the lighting. It's cool down there. So she, yes. she she walks these people down there. I got to tell you, I liked his Darzolarak saying, Vala Morgulis. I liked the bravery there. Yeah, but then I like later when he was like, JK, I wasn't brave at all. Right. But he was in that moment, which I thought was cool. Yeah. You know, it's not, he, you don't have to be, and that's something that we see in Game of Thrones. You don't have to be a warrior to be brave, to have courage, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what's cool. He was courage in that moment. And then and, later he was um, like, Danny, I was just kidding about my courage. And holy shitballs, when that dragon hit that guy with that gout of flame, which was for sure going to be 
the image we used for this week's episode. Already grabbed nice. it. Already <laughs> grabbed it. A man on his knees on fire with a dragon just lurking in the shadows. I love that shit. And boy, that is a way to make a demonstration, isn't it? Go right to the top, yeah, right the to dragons the leaders. Rip them in half and yeah. eat them. It's little barbecue, lovely. delicious, yummy barbecue time. Mm-hmm. The dragons are amazing. They look great. I was very concerned about how they would look. Yeah. In fact, one of the things Game of Thrones has done remarkably well is is they've been able to hide full-scale military battles. They've done a good job with that. Yeah. Um, remember in the second season, Rob, we saw like the aftermath of the battle. We didn't see the battle because yes. it's a budget issue and it's a bitch and they don't want it to look cheesy. You don't want it to be 20. That's why you, only in episode nine do we see big battles, people. Right. So this, um, this, this um, dragon stuff is cool to see that they do them good. Nice to keep them far away. Nice to keep them in the shadows. You yep. don't want them in the bright sunlight where you're going to expose the CG the CGI. So I like how they're treating the dragon so far. I think they look cool. They're ferocious. And um, Danny was formidable in this episode. Was she not? She isn't. I love her speech when she talks to them and she says that people say she should give up on her dragons, but a mother doesn't give up on her children, which is obviously she's talking about the city of Marine and, you know, they all call her Misa and whatever. And she's supposed to be their mother too, just like the mother of dragons. And I love the speech she gives. Yeah. And I also love when um, his Zolarek says all men must die. And Danny's like, eh, I don't want to overfeed him. Maybe tomorrow. Right. Right. Like Danny, you are something else. The lingering fear. Maybe tomorrow. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, tomorrow, perhaps she says. Yes. And then, a really nice moment in this episode, and we see a parallel here, don't we, with Danny and John mm-hmm. asking for advice, being told to trust themselves. Let's have a listen to what Miss Sandy tells Daenerys when she asks her what she thinks she should do. I can only tell you what I have seen, Your Grace. I have seen you listen to your counselors. I have seen you lean on their experience when your own was lacking and weigh the choices they put before you. And I have seen you ignore your counselors. Because there was a better choice. One that only you could see. Trust yourself. You can do it. Trust yourself. That's why we like Masandi, because she gives good advice. She does. I like Masandi a lot, and um, you are right. At, for a second, I was like, I'm tired of Masandi. I'm tired of Grey Worm. But then I realized the way you put it cleared my mind. Yeah. It's, um, I don't want, I don't care. Their, their story together does nothing for me, but them separately are very cool people. Yeah, I'm fine with them both apart. And yes, this is this is a through line for the episode. It's the leaders getting advice, being told to trust themselves. This is just leading up to that big battle between Danny and John at the end of season Ooh. seven. Who's going to win? I don't Who know. Who is going to win? And then John finds out he's a Targaryen and they're just like, cool, let's rule together. It'll be fun. So she prances back down to the dungeon where the dragons are. Oh, yeah. And she speaks to Mr. Hizdazolrak. Who's like, fuck, I guess I'm dead. Gets a little scared. And now he's like, just kidding about my bravery. Thankfully, a suitor is already on his knees after she tells him she's going to open the fighting pits. What a great scene. She's going to open the fighting pits and then she's going to marry somebody from one of these great families. And guess who it's going to be? Mm, his Darzol Rock. Love this. One, Didn't I think, see it coming. Me neither. At all. Me neither. Great surprise for me. I think it's a great idea. Me too. Because this is the difference. She's not just somebody up in some tower ruling, killing people, making the. Now all of a sudden she has a stake in Marine. She's married to someone from Marine. And you know, this is, it's funny that 
this is why the show is so good because they give you so many things to think about, but they don't confuse or overwhelm you. Because I'm thinking this works in Westeros. They do this all the time. They marry somebody to a house that's kind of like not your buddies. And then you guys become buddies. And yeah. 50 years later, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. And that's, she's finally doing that. She's making that move. And I think it's a great move because then they'll be invested in her. She's going to open the fighting pits as a gesture. And yes. that's it. And I think that's great. And mercifully, we don't have to hear about should we or shouldn't we open the fighting pits anymore. That shouldn't be a massively huge decision for Danny anymore. Right. And I like how it was kind of a red herring. Because it's all fighting pit, fighting pit, fighting pit. And then she's like, by the way, we're going to get married. Yeah. I was like, what? His Zolorak was probably like, oh my God, I'm so excited for my wedding night. And Dario <laughs> is probably like, fuck this dude. <laughs> yeah, right? For real. Um, I like his Zolorak. I just like his voice when he talks. I just think he's got such a great, great presence. He does. I'm glad that he'll be around, even if it's only until Dario kills him next week. At least we got some good stuff he, out he of him. He would never do that. No. No, unless he wants to get burned alive by a dragon. Maybe Daniel have like a threesome. Like, uh, save. I think that's time? a. I think that's a Winterfell move. I think that's a Ramsey move. Yeah, I don't think that's wants, a Danny I, move. I'm, I was like, girl with two guys. You know, like you know. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that's more <laughs> of a Ramsey proposition. I don't think. First of all, his daughter's going to be on fucking. By the way, <laughs> can we talk about this proposal? Yesterday, I burned your friend in front of you. And threatened to burn you. But let's get married. Trying to burn you. Came back downstairs, now I'm going to marry you. I think we know who wears the fucking pants in this family. I think it's pretty romantic. Like, I kind of wish that my proposal had been like that. Yeah. Wow. That's a tough one to live up to. So here's the deal. Dean, like, kills my sister with a dragon. Hey, here's the deal. We're going to burn you, or you can marry me. That's pretty good. I feel like that's a good way for people who aren't going to otherwise find a reputable spouse. I think it's funny. One. If Danny was a man and his daughter a woman, we'd be like that vile I know, fucker. I know. That dirty son of a bitch. Right? I know. I know. <laughs> but, but no guy on the planet's going to be like, oh, that poor bastard gets to poke Danny. Yeah. Boo. How unfortunate for him. He must be sad and crying. That is so funny. That is very true. So that's kind of it that happens over at Marine. Not, not a hell of a lot, that but, but an effective use of time. And this oh, yeah. episode was a very effective use of time. I liked it a lot. I agree. That's because we didn't go 50 places and only see everybody for five minutes. Right. It wasn't like a jump all over the place kind of thing. No, not at all. So let's head over to the wall. Certainly. Now, <laughs> Sam's sitting there. Reading to Master Eamon, reading him a letter. Marveling at Daenerys, basically. Yep. And Eamon feels for her. He feels she has no family, no family to guide her. He's sad. He's a Targaryen. She's all alone. Right? Yes, I mean, Danny's his family. Yes. And he says he's dying and everything else. He's very dramatic. Old people, you know? Yeah. Anyway, John asks <laughs> Samon for advice after they talk for a little bit. Yeah, he's like, Sam, get out of here. I got to talk yeah. business. Bo- the adults got to talk, Sam. <laughs> go, go back read and, your books. Yeah, go read your books. Go read your, uh, you know, Encyclopedia Britannica, whatever the <laughs> fuck you're doing. <laughs> Remember encyclopedias? Uh, vaguely. How ridiculous are they? People would go to your house and sell you huge books. Yeah, I don't understand so why anybody bought them. Because there was no fucking Google. But just go to the library. What if you don't have a car? Then ask your mom to drive you. <laughs> Maybe. Or go to the school library when Not you're a Not everybody child. was fortunate enough to have moms in cars. Okay. Well, then ask your dad in his car. <laughs> Or take the bus. Then everybody has a trust fund, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to go to the library where you check books out for free, 
you needed a trust fund for real. <laughs> I remember though, people we would like we had encyclopedias, and I was I'm like, I'm gonna pull down and see and look up <laughs> fucking crocodiles and read about crocodiles today. And you know, the facts about the crocodiles were written in like 1946. So I never know? had an encyclopedia, but I feel like my grandparents did. There were so many of them. Oh, you know what my grandma does? You, you encyclopedias. Know? That's exactly. Grandma Vizina, she's she's got she had encyclopedias, I'm pretty sure. I uh, she's probably still up in her house. Basically what we have here is Sam reading encyclopedias and learning all about stuff, but he's going to get he repaid for that. He goes to the W1 White Walker. He goes to the White Walker one and he's going to go to the Valerian Steel one. But before that, John asks Simon for some advice, just like Danny asks Masande for advice. But who do you think is a better advice giver, Masande or Amen? Eamon, for sure. Is it because he's not blinded by his love for... He's blinded Hardwell. quite literally in every <laughs> other way. <laughs> so, yeah. I like Master Eamon a lot. Well, here's the deal. How do you discount that much experience, right? Miss Sandy was a, was a what? Was she a slave? I don't even remember. I don't know. She was just hanging out. I know. Someone's going to send us hate mail. <laughs> I don't remember what Miss Sandy did. We're going to get a bad review. Like, I just took a star away because you don't remember where Miss Sandy started yeah, from. People do that. Edit, update, five to three. Here's why. In episode you- five, they didn't know about Miss Sandy's origins. Those fucking guys suck. It doesn't matter. What does matter is Eamon's definitely a better advice giver. And he basically just tells him, listen. Everybody hates you anyway. <laughs> grow up. Kill the boy. See what he did there? Yeah. And it's awesome. But I do like I do like that set. I, I the streaming light, the books. It was just a cool scene. Dean likes the set. Um I didn't love the kill the boy and become the man things. So I thought it was a on the little nose. little on the nose. A little, bit, a little direct. Um probably could have done that a little bit better. Yeah, they probably didn't have to even say anything. No. No. And at first I was like, who are we gonna kill? Poor little Ollie. He's gotta go. Sacrifice him. Oh no. No, just no. a metaphor. <laughs> Silly me. A very elusive one that they told you flat out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> They're Thanks, like, guys. listen, uh, we're entering, uh, we got non-book readers here. We need to uh, make sure these morons yeah, can uh, keep up, okay? Like, hold on, the host of the science fiction, fil- or the Game of Thrones now podcast, I guess. Uh, we have two podcasts. Read these? I know, well, now that they know that you haven't gotten this far in we the We actually books, have three podcasts, but who's counting? Down. There's going to be four eventually. Yeah, no. And one day they'll be 17, but that's a whole nother story for another day. Yep. Now, let's go ahead and get over to John speaking with Tormund. Let's have a listen to how that goes. Your people need a leader, and they need to get south of the wall before it's too late. We don't have much time, and they have less. The walkers are coming, and they'll hit your people first. I'm not asking you to make peace to save your skin. Make peace. To save your people. Talk to me about Jon Snow. Oh, I love Jon Snow. As I said, Rick Grimes, unkillable. Write it down. Be careful. Knock on wood, too. Continue. Sorry, I thought my dog was going to start barking. (laughs) The Um, dog probably will bark when she hears (laughs) you knocking on the desk. Anyways, I love this speech. I love the way Jon is thinking. And he's, he's not thinking about tradition and what's expected. He's literally thinking. He knows what's coming. And he has to protect everybody from it. He is trying to do what is best for everybody. Not for John and the Night's Watch. Not for the Stark legacy. Not for anything. But for everybody. Yes. He wants to win this ultimate battle of, you know, White Walkers, good versus evil. It's a great point that you put forth because 
when you're a bastard in the Stark household, all you want to do is follow tradition. All you want is acceptance mm-hmm. of your father. Not that Ned ever made it seem like he didn't. I mean, Catelyn, Catelyn had a little, she, she harbored a little bit, a little bit of weirdness for him. But never did once you think Ned didn't love Jon Snow. But, Agreed. but if you, you, you always kind of feel like I am a bastard, so I'm going to hold tradition hard. I'm going to be very honorable. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. But Just he's like been Ramsay. learning. He's been, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ramsey, very, very traditional, very gracious oh, man. Kind. Very yeah. kind and gracious. Uh, we'll get to that son of a bitch. But yes, it's interesting that that tradition that's got him through, that tradition that's made him who he is, he suddenly have to circumvent. He suddenly has to figure out a way to eliminate that tradition, to forget about honorable to a fault, as Stannis described Ned. He has to not be... Mm-hmm. His father. He has to be his own person and he has to do what needs to be done for the greater good or for the most people. And that's yes. what you were suggesting. And I think that's a great catch. And I like how he talks to Tormund, who's very bristly with pride. Love Tormund, by the way. Hope we see more of him. John reminds him that he's condemning his people to death. Make peace to save your people, right? Yes. I love how John appeals to that. Forget mm-hmm. about pride. Forget about serving me. Save your people. Yes. You're, don't do the same thing Mance did. Don't make that same mistake. But also, if maybe Mance had been approached in this way, could things have been different? Possibly. If Mance hadn't been asked to kneel and it just been said, like, okay, we're going to let you come down here. Right. But when the White Walkers come, we're going to fight together. Right. Like, maybe that outcome would have been completely different. It's a great point. Stannis doesn't have time for that. He needs to march on Winterfell. He can't play, come in, I'm going to massage your feet, give you a little hand job. Maybe, you know, he doesn't, he's like, Neil, fucking do this or don't, but we got shit to do. John's like, you don't got to Neil. It's cool. Yeah. Right. I love another. He's dead, but. So John is, John is making good choices here. He's, he's growing up. He's growing on me. He's, the character's coming to his own. Harrington's coming into his own. It's great. It's, it's great to watch. But I got to tell you, the, Night's Watch do not take well to this at all. Not a one of them. No. Not a one of them stands up for Not even like him. people on our side. Not even his like. close friends are like, listen, I follow you anywhere, but they killed our friends. Man. Yeah, Gren, who is the best. Right. Right? He's the one who died down with the giant. I like that guy. Sam speaks up again. Again, he's, I like how Sam is growing more confident and being more, more of an active contributor to these discussions that take place at Castle Black. Yes, I have to agree with you. I know I shit on Sam all the time and even sometimes this season, but for the most part, I really like Sam. Yeah. This season. Surprise, surprise. Alistair's not on board. Wow. But it's a tough sell. I mean, put yourself in the Night's Watch's positions. Listen, if little Ollie's not on board, I don't expect Alistair to be on board. Right, right. And little Ollie went through a pretty, pretty shitty situation. Yeah. Right? Poor Ollie. Orphan, killer of Egret, not happy about this plan. <laughs> Ollie, killer not of e- even a little. Killer of Egret, orphan, it's just like, server at the wall. Like the knights, <laughs> like the books about the knights, like Jamie Lannister always reads his book about himself. Like that's what Ollie's would say. Yeah, he might orphan, have. Orphan, server at the wall, <laughs> second in command to Jon Snow as child. Killed Egret one time. And then Joffrey would be like, there's nothing in here for you, uncle. Yeah. Where are your dates? <laughs> I'm going to die on pigeon pie. And the people rejoiced. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so I can't forget. I can't forgive is what one of the guys says. John reminds him they'll have to be. This was a smart move by John too. He says, don't, I don't care if you like them or don't like them. 
but they will be added to the army of the dead. Yeah, where do you want them? John knows they're not going to ever be like, yeah, come on over. You killed my friend like three days ago. Yes. But he might be able to get them on that angle. Yeah. Do you want them to be wildlings on this side of the wall who will probably fight against the White Walkers? Or do you want them to get killed by the White Walkers and then become White Walkers? Correct. Good move. But poor Ollie, you got to feel bad for him. I like, this is good leadership here. This is John showing respect for Ollie. He's grooming Ollie in a very good way. Mm-hmm. He's not just like, you're a kid. I don't give a fuck what you have, what you, what, what you think. I'm busy running. He yes. brings a kid in who he knows is going to be emotionally impacted by this decision. And he says to him, do you want to tell me something? Mm-hmm. And the poor kid is like, it's a trick, right? Like, I know. And that was feel sad bad. to me. You feel like, bad he really him. was like, you're, you're trying to trick him. Like, and, and you could tell John was upset too. Sure. Like he was like, no, like, you know what I mean? Like he felt bad. Like he understands. Like he told him. How Ollie feels. I know what it's like to lose people you love. And he does. He does. He has lost oh so many. Meanwhile, as the wall progresses, we have Gilly and Sam talking about books, ignorance, Gilly's special set of skills, you know, sweeping, uh, you know, floor sweeping, dishwashing, yeah. window washing, dusting, you know, those valuable skills. She's embarrassed that she's not as smart as Sam. It's true. I like how she asks, where's that library all mad? Yeah, which is just so funny because the way he says it, though, like he talks in a way that like not like he's talking down to her. Like, I don't think he realizes he does it, but she's so sensitive because of where she's from and the situation she came from compared to what it's like being south of the wall, as they say. Right. I I like the Gilly character and I like her in small doses like this. I think it's perfect. I don't need I don't need you wasting real time on on her too, too much at this point. I'm not saying she can't develop into something more interesting, but I do like that. We have her there to have some discussions with Sam. So far, the only thing I think Gilly is doing is furthering the Sam character. I think so. She's not really being furthered herself. She's kind of there as a lesson to Sam. She's there almost too for like conversation pieces when they then when they want to bring things up for us. Right. Like the voice, not the voice of the people, but okay. Obviously, they wanted to talk a lot about grayscale to us this Great season, point. and that was. Gilly asking questions to Princess Shireen and talking about Grayscale and what she knew about it. Yep. And I feel like that's kind of a role that Gilly serves too. Absolutely. Uh, an exposition type an role An exposition almost, type of role, sure. Where it makes sense because Gilly doesn't know things and she's curious and she's asking questions that we, the audience, would ask. Right, which makes her the perfect tool for exposition without it being cheesy. Yeah, because even this, where they talk about where all the books are, and this all turns into how Sam wanted to be a maester, which I think is interesting information. Stannis arrives, and poor Gilly beats feet because she's afraid of him. Yay, Stannis, I wrote. Stannis time. Let's have a listen to what Stannis talks to Sam about after discussing his honorable father, Randall Tarly, the Battle of Ashford, Robert's only loss, because Robert didn't listen to Stannis, right? Right. Pretty cool, that mm-hmm. little conversation. Did you like that? Yes, I did. Um... It's cool to think that, like, Sam's dad, like, I don't know, did something. Yeah. And then I just remembered that, like, Robert and, like, Stannis are brothers. And I was like, oh, man, I forget about that. And then when I watched the episode, I said, I would love to see, like, somebody to get on YouTube and do this Thanksgiving dinner with the Baratheon brothers. (laughs) Who? Why has nobody done this? It would be hilarious. It would be. If I was a dude, I would be on this, like, pretending to be one of these guys. It would be brilliant. It would be hilarious. Oh, my God. Right? Just imagine. Brooding Stannis, right? Yeah. (laughs) Jovial Robert. Just drinking and drinking. And, like, sly and snide Renly. Renly would be, like, checking out, like, uh, you know, random dudes. (laughs) The server dudes. The brothers, like, don't get it. Yeah. 
Robert just eating and drinking. Stannis looks down. He's like, disgusting. And Robert's like, ha ha, I knew you were a boy lover. (laughs) (laughs) Shit like that. Anyway, let's have a listen to when they start to talk about the death that will march on the wall. I'm told you killed a white walker. I did, your grace. How? With a dagger made of dragon glass. Dragon glass? What the maesters call obsidian. I know what it is. We haven't dragonstone. Why would obsidian kill a walker? I don't know. The Lady Melisandre told me that death marches on the wall. I've seen it, your grace. Seen what? The army of the dead. And when they come... We have to know how to fight them. Keep reading, Samuel Tali. Stannis Baratheon. Giving Sam a job. Let us discuss Stannis Baratheon. Sure, I love him now, so... This guy can do no wrong right now. Stannis? I mean, the oh, Mance no. Raider thing is touch and go, but he shows up last season. He breaks the attack. He looks like a badass. They're badasses. He has one of the most awesome right-hand men in history in Davos. Yep, Davos is pretty cool. He's amazing. They show up to the shores. They smash the wildlings, capture Mance Raider, help break the siege, go back to the wall, and, and really really, really start to talk to Dean directly by saying, we're going to go kill the Boltons because they are in Winterfell and they don't belong there. Yes. Right? We hate the Boltons. We believe that the White Walkers are coming and that's important. Here's Sam. You're awesome. Have a job. My name is Stannis and I love my daughter. I'm going to make Jon Snow a Stark. Right? Stannis. Right? It's like Stannis knew I hated him and was like, how can I make this up to Jessica? Stannis, the only other thing you could do is like adopt a dog. Wow. Like if you did that, I, I would be done. You would be the only Maybe one for me. I could see it now. You know, his vanguard crashes through the gates. They fucking sack Winterfell. You know, they open the kennels. They open the kennels. He's like, let the dogs free. The dogs eat a bunch of Boltons. And Beyond, then he, like, and crawls then, out of one. And then it starts to fucking snow a little bit and he sits down there he's he, you know he sits down and the dog runs over he pets the dog he's like good dog oh my god right I just got so excited. fucking best show ever for you that's like my <laughs> dream now that doesn't happen i'm gonna be so disappointed <laughs> but you're right stannis is empowering people right he's not being like there was a time where he was really lost in the let's burn a bunch of heretics at dragonstone yeah weirdo you know and he wasn't doing anything. Now he's really doing shit. Agreed. He's not just listening to Melisandre. Mm-hmm. I don't think her hold on him is as strong as she thinks it is. I hope not. I'm starting to get that impression based on what I've seen so far. I hope But not. boy, could they not be setting up Stannis for what could be the most dramatic and tragic death of all time? Yeah, I know. I thought about that a lot. Because I figure if I like him, it only makes sense that he's going to die. Because you knew Robert was on a collision course with death because of the way he lived. Yes. You had a feeling Renly wasn't going to stick around. Well, you figure they killed everybody in this war of like, you know, who was going to be king? It was like, is it going to be Joffrey? Is it going to be Renly? Is it going to be Robb Stark? Is it going to be Stannis? Only one of those people is still alive. Right. So how much longer is he going to be able to make it? I hope he kills Roose Bolton first. I love when Stannis then walks in and he says, it's time. And they start marshalling their troops. They're like, we got to get moving. Could turn into winter any day. We have the advantage now. We have to move now. We unfortunately cannot wait. And how fucking amazing is it that he gave John ships? Here's my fleet, dude. 
Another awesome thing Stannis did. That's trust. Take my ships with the wildlings and yourself and maybe we'll see you again. Maybe we won't. Yeah, but, you know, Tormund was concerned about Jon uh, torching those ships in the middle of the sea. That's another TV show. <laughs> right. So, awesome shit going. And, of course, Bitch Face tells Davos not to talk to the daughter about battle. I know. Oh, she's oh, brutal. Oh, my God. I hate... I can't wait till she dies. Um, I love the conversation between um, Davos and um, Shireen, where Shireen says, I'm not scared. And Davos says, well, I am. When the battle comes, promise you'll protect me. Yep. I think that's adorable. It's really sweet. It makes me think that one of them's going to die, which is a little concerning. Mm. Um, and then Gilly waves goodbye to Shireen, too, which is super cute. And Shireen cute. wants to, but then Selyse is like, yeah, I'll just murder you. No problem. <laughs> and then after all the stupid, cute stuff's done, we see that amazing column of troops going around the bend, and we get that Stannis music playing. And don't forget about Melisandre saying goodbye to John. She was given the eyes, like the bedroom eyes. John Snow put a smoke baby in me. You wouldn't. Oh my God. Together, smoke we babies. will murder Ramsay Snow in his sleep. That would be lovely, actually. So, anything else for the wall? That's it. Take me through the Podrick and Brienne look in. Okay, it's pretty simple. Brienne's staring into the distance at Winterfell, forlornly. Podrick's like, hey, it's cool. She's away from the Lannisters and at her home. Don't worry about it. And Brienne's like, uh, duh, it's the Boltons. Mm. So they start making some deal with some old dude to get info on Sansa. Yeah. That's pretty much it. He knew Ned and his father before him. So she's trying to gauge the, basically the loyalty here, you know? Yes. Which is cool. Obviously, she figures that out pretty quick. But we're just reminded they're still alive and still hot on the trail and still concerned with Sansa. Anyway, let's go to Winterfell, shall we? I would love to. Okay, so Ramsey needs to get Miranda a sandwich because, Jesus Christ, the hip bones are a bit sharp looking. I wrote that. I wrote, Miranda has a really cute face, but she's way too skinny. She is. She's working, she's working with a nice, she's working with a nice ass, though. She just needs a little, she needs a sandwich. She needs an upper caloric intake, I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, her, like, hips were, like, A little too much. A little too at. much. But her I, face is so cute. I can see too many ribs. Too many ribs. Getting so like some meat Bone, She's got to get off the. Well, I he's don't like really to see. He's really into Walda, um, mm. Bruce's wife. Boo. Yeah, now we're talking. Meat on the bones. Yeah. <laughs> no shortage there. Nope. So, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she needs to go hang out with the Thens or something. Need some good hearty beef. So, Ramzia is reminding Miranda about what happens to boring people. Yeah. They get chased down by dogs and shot with arrows and stuff. He also reminds the audience that he's a in, gigantic asshole. Yeah, such a douche, can't wait till he dies, is what my notes say. Yeah, he uh, gets a little bite on the lip. They get cute. She, you know, she's like, I'll never be boring. <laughs> yeah, I do. You know what? I like how he's like, of course she's pretty. I'm not blind. Like, he doesn't placate her. Oh, yeah, not at he's all. Like, he's like, I'm going to have to look at her. She's going to be my wife. Yeah. Uh. And then he, he goes. He says he'll have time for Miranda on his wedding night. Don't worry. Yeah, and then, you know, after a little lip bite, after a little fucking Mickey and Mallory Knox action here, fucking oh natural God. born killers. Ramsey Bolton style. They do a little doggy style in the window, yeah. howling at the moon, a tribute to the Starks, I guess. Ew. And then, um, yeah, that's all that happens there. And then we get to hear a little bit about what's going on with, uh, with uh, Sansa. I beg pardon, milady. I've come to refill the wash basin. Oh, I don't. You still have friends in the north. If you're ever in trouble... Light a candle in the highest window of the broken tower. But who? You're not alone. This Sansa storyline is being 
catapulted into the most anticipated payoff. I mean, I, I cannot wait to see what happens with her and all this. Mm-hmm. All these supporters of her family that are coming to her and saying, listen, we got your back. Light a little candle and then shit'll get hectic. Yeah, for some reason my notes I wrote put an X in the window with masking tape. I must have been thinking of a different show. <laughs> nice. Weird. Nice, nice. Mold her, Scully. So yeah, light a candle and um the Stark so, supporters will We know that this season we are gonna see that candle lit. Yeah. The only thing more fitting would if they were like, climb to the highest window. Tie your hair back and howl at the moon. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, climb down the hair, like fucking Rapunzel. I'm like, wait a second. Her hair's not that long. So, yeah. Anyways. This, are you not excited for this payoff? Are you not hoping it's uh, glorious? Yeah, I hope it involves Stannis killing everybody and saying, Sansa, here you go. Just own the North now. Mm. You're badass. Mm. And Sansa's like, great. And, like, everybody rises up and goes against the Boltons. It's going to be beautiful. I'm pretty excited. I hope so. And then, of course... We get uh, we get her over at the tower where Bran took his fateful tumble at the hands of Jamie Lannister after banging his sister doggy style. But who's counting? Ew. I can't. You remember how they had sex? Of course, it was very distinctive. Well, the person who was mad that we didn't remember um, Masande's original um, employment, we remember how Jamie and Cersei were having sex. I was remember. I remembered how they were having pornographic so. sex. <laughs> It's not pornographic if you can't see it. I going drew in. while I drew it, and I hanged <laughs> and I hanged it on my wall thusly, so I could gaze upon it each night before bed. Wow. Yeah. Let's have a listen. Oh wait, what am I doing? Let's have a listen. I don't know. Hold to this pornographic <laughs> sex. <laughs> Let me just pull up a website. Bloop 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 bloop. Oh look at Shay. So weird. <laughs> hey. Why is she wearing a school girl? She's outfit? looking freshly unstrangled. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, shit. Anyway, yes, anyway, creepy Miranda takes a little stroll over to her and starts talking about her Sansa's cross-stitch. Yeah, oh, I love the way you make your clothes. Yeah, <laughs> I like your weirdo. I like your fucking crochet or croquet or whatever the fuck you call it. Uh, croquet is a game. Yeah, that's the one with the okay. balls, right, that they play in Heathers. Crochet is I've never is seen the, Heathers, but sure. Crochet, is that the one they make, like, shitty rugs? Yes. Okay. That's crochet. Not rugs, but blankets. Yeah, and, like, scarves and stuff. <laughs> Your grandmother. Like, yeah, I made you the scarf. Every, You're like, great, I'll wear this never. Every fucking year. I made you a scarf. Is somebody listening who's, who's like, and what I, the fuck? I, I make those scarves. I baked you a plate of cookies. Cookies and a scarf. Great, I don't eat gluten. Thanks. Wow, you're a dork. Anyway, um, let's continue. So, yeah, by the way, I love how Sancho just dwarfs this little skinny, I need a sandwich so oh, fucking bad Sansa chick. It's formidable, as you like to say. Yeah, she is formidable. Man, Miranda is playing mind game. She's like, I'm going to take you to these kennels and show you something amazing. I'm sorry. And I just want to let you know my thoughts when I was watching this. He's like rolling his eyes. He thinks I would talk about how I love dogs, but that's actually not what's going to happen. What? I do love dogs. Stop the press. <laughs> I almost want to like Miranda because she's a kennel master's daughter. But no, as you know, when we were watching the episode, what did I get excited about and think was going to happen? There's going to be a freaking dire wolf in there. I was I, super excited. That was a good call. Super excited. I'm like, holy shit. There's going to be a dire wolf in there. I don't know who's dire wolf. Who's dire wolf did they send away? Arya's, right? Off in Winterfell because after Sansa's got killed, Arya was throwing rocks at her dire wolf so it would run away. Right. Right? So I'm thinking, oh my God, this missing dire wolf is going to be here. And I am the most excited human being that's ever lived. But it wasn't a dire wolf instead. It was a sad, disgusting man. <laughs> a much less formidable creature. Imagine my disappointment when instead of a dire wolf, I got Theon. Theon. And Theon's greatest asset is no longer there. So he's pretty useless. Pretty useless. 
I like how Sansa immediately recognizes his, recognizes him. I know. Immediately. She's like, Theon? And Theon shakes his head. He's like, oh no, I'm not Theon. What are you talking yeah. about? No, it was crazy. Who's he? Never heard of him. I, I liked, um, you know, when they do previously on Game of Thrones, like they showed Theon back in the day in his heyday when he was evil and like he, you know, pretended he killed Bran and Rickon and stuff. Mm. And I was like, holy shit. It's so crazy to see Theon Hold on like a second. That. Where the fuck is Rickon? He went with Osha somewhere. <laughs> what the fuck is that kid? Asha. I think Osha is Osha. actually. No, it is Osha because oh. we used to joke. Isn't that the whatever company I know about all safety? Of, all about anyway, Osha. Trust but me. But where the fuck is Rickon? Where is that kid? Is he in the books? I wonder what's going on with him. Where's Brandon Stark? Well, we know what Busy. he is, but I'm just saying, Rickon, haven't seen you. Maybe he was burned and they just kind of swept it under the rug. He wasn't burned by Theon at that moment. I wonder where Osha took that boy. Who knows? Anyway. I hope that she's trustworthy. Ramsay's pretty pissed at Reek for not mentioning the kennel visit. Uh, yes. This was a tense moment, was it not? Yes. So this is the beginning. Well, right after this is the beginning of Ramsey's asshole array for the next 10 minutes. But it's disgusting. Man, she saw me, Lady Sansa. She came to the kennels. Mm-hmm. He, he tells. I mean. Yes. And then, of course, I'm thinking to myself, the good news is, is he can't cut your dick off. Yeah. So there's not much he can do. There's not much more he can do to you. That's as bad as that. I mean, he's been through the crucible, as it were, of torture. Yeah, I don't know how much worse things Maybe could be. Maybe a tongue removal would be bad, but... And he's not going to destroy his hands because he's a servant. He needs his hands to serve him. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't be as useful. That's what they do in the Hunger Games to those servant people. They cut their tongues out. So Wow. Maybe they should look into that. I. How do you see this relationship ending? Between um, Ramsey and Theon? Honestly, I wrote this in my notes, too, that I think that I wrote, (laughs) I mean, dead serious. I I wrote, I know. I just know. And you know, sometimes I just know things. That Theon is going to turn shit around and redeem himself. Like, perhaps sacrifice himself for Sansa. They're setting it up that way. That would be obvious. That would be the obvious move. I don't care. I want that to happen. (laughs) Right. I don't care how obvious it is. Just like the obvious move is is that Stannis crushes the Boltons. Give it to me, Game of Thrones. Give me this Theon redemption saving Sansa. Please. Please. Imagine if he does take Winterfell. If Stannis does take Winterfell, then what? He's going to fight the Tyrells and the Lannisters? Eventually, yeah. Jesus Christ. He's going to keep moving on down. Guess so. And Dorn might be like, yeah, I guess we'll join you. So guess who's coming to dinner, as Chekhov says in Star Trek Six. Well, the Boltons have a nice little charming dinner that starts with a couple of different clips we're going to hear, like this one. It must be difficult for you, being in a strange place. This isn't a strange place. This is my home. Bitch. It's the people who are strange. Yeah. Uh, You guys are weirdos, so there. And then, of course, Ramsay's mom, by the way. She's actually not Ramsey's mom at all. No, but you know what I'm saying. Bruce's wife. Stepmother. Looks like she's young, too. She looks super young. She's one of Walter Frey's daughters, right? Yeah. That's the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. And then we have... (laughs) Apologize to Lady Sansa for what you did. Apologize for murdering her two brothers. I'm sorry. Look at her, Rick. An apology doesn't mean anything if you're not looking the person in the eye. I'm sorry. Sorry about what? Killing your brothers. There. Over and done with. Doesn't everyone feel better? I do. What a bastard Ramsay is. Oh, and why don't we, while we're at it, just continue Ramsay's greatest hits at dinner? Reek here is the nearest thing to living kin that you have left. Reek, you will give away the bride. Oh, boy. 
could this guy be any more vile? He's starting to approach Joffrey territory. I was gonna, that's exactly what I was just going to say. You took the words out of my mouth. I feel about Ramsey how I felt about Joffrey. I like am so disgusted by him. I hate him. And to the actor who plays him, to your credit, you're doing an incredible job. Because for me to like hate somebody the way I hate him, the way I hated Joffrey, that says a lot about him as an actor. He's doing a great job because he is despicable. I want to murder him. He is certainly despicable. He is a son of a bitch. Seriously. No question about it. And he just gets worse. The difference episode. between him and him and Joffrey is he can actually like take care of himself. His name is, how do you say I-W-A-N? Iwin? Iwin Rion? Iwin Rion? Yeah, that's his name. Well, he's awesome. I mean, yeah, his he character is. is an asshole, but he's yeah. a great actor. He is. Great. Because I fucking hate him. And the thing that's scary about him is he's like, you know he's a bastard. You want him to get his comeuppance, but then you're like, but he he can kind of fight too. So you're a little. He's a little nervous. He's one of those that make you nervous. It's not like Joffrey who would just piss himself and cry. Correct. Like a little bitch. Correct. Joffrey can order the King's Guard to kill you, but Ramsay will actually stab right. you. Exactly. Right. Scary. Yeah, but I do like these weird moments in this particular situation because uh, I like how Roose Bolton is like, you know what? Enough is enough. He kind of. Kind of comes to Sansa's rescue, does he not? Oh, yeah. By giving a little, uh, take this there, Ramsing. He's like, great news. Walter and I have some good news as well, since we're all together. We're going to have a baby. I'm very happy for you. From the way she's carrying, Mr. Walken says it looks like a boy. AKA, now, fuck you. He's teaching Ramsey a lesson here, but what's the most impressive part of this scene is how Sansa is looking at Ramsay when she says, good for you. Because mm-hmm. she knows that's going to piss him off. And she's firing back a little here. She's not going to be pushed around. She's learned a little about this court nonsense that she has to deal with. Yes. And I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. It really is. I, Sansa's a smart young lady. So this whole scene is just Ramsay taking the role of Joffrey, being a son of a bitch, being an asshole, treating Sansa like dirt, flaunting the fact that he's now a, a, a Bolton and he's not yes. just a snow and he can do shit. He's been doing it the whole episode. He starts with the kennel master's daughter, Miranda. Mm-hmm. And he's like, now that I'm a Bolton, things are different. I was going to marry you. Yeah. Right. This is The whole episode for him is him reminding us that he is now quote-unquote royalty and he there's different rules for him now and he starts to act that way yes Roos has to smack him down a little bit and we are like good for you Roos and then we remember oh yeah you killed all those people at supper that we love yeah and and you told this ridiculous as promised fucked up tale she was a peasant girl pretty in a common sort of way she was the miller's wife apparently they'd married without my knowledge or consent so I had him hanged and I took her beneath the tree where he was swaying. She fought me the whole time. She was lucky I didn't hang her too. Wow. Oh wow. My God. Well, Roos, <laughs> just in case you forgot why Ramsey's such a psycho. Yeah, look who is look at how he was conceived. Yes. He's like Freddy Krueger. You know? He's <laughs> the, he's the product of the rape from a madman. Yeah. He's also psychotic and sadistic. Boy, I got to tell you, these Boltons, they're a family you can really get behind, huh? I, I can't even. Like, they're so despicable. Even their fucking banner, the flayed man. I know. It's I mean, awful. Jesus. I feel bad for Walda. <laughs> Carrying a freaking child. Yeah, it's tough to feel bad for anybody with the last name of Frey, or at least previously Frey. 
That's true. And how Bolton, Frey Bolton, Walt the Frey Bolton. Gee, there's a couple of Don't genetic stocks. Shits. There's a couple of genetic stocks you want to mesh together. Yeah, their child is bound to be horrible. They do discuss Stannis and his army. Rue says that Stannis won't take the North. He's pretty confident in that. Yeah, and okay. he says, Ramsay will help you, will help me. Yeah, this is after Ramsay says things like, how do you know Walt is pregnant because she's so fat? And how did you get her <laughs> pregnant because how did you find it? Right. Um... Okay. You're disgusting. You know what I like about that part? I like how Roost just says, you embarrassed yourself. He doesn't even address it. Yeah. You know? And he certainly did embarrass himself. It was disgusting. But boy, they are, they're setting up the viewers of this show to be, to, to jump up and down in their houses and pump their fists. Or to be so disappointed. Or to be so mad. But I have a feeling we're going to fall somewhere in between. What? We're going to. I do. I think we're going to get some victory, but we're also going to get some tragedy. I think it's it's war. It's not going to be clean. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a, oh, hum, we just take the North. No biggie. I think people are going to die that we care about. But ultimately, I think the Boltons will be routed from Winterfell. If Stannis dies, that sucks. Like I said, it'd be a setup for quite the heroic slash tragic death. Not while I love him. Ugh. Let's get over to our dueling poets of Jorah and Tyrion, shall we? Flames that shot so high and hot that even dragons burned would never be the final sights that fell upon their eyes. Fly upon a wall, the waves, the sea wind, whipped and churned. A city of a thousand years and all that men had learned. The doom consumed it all alike and neither of them turned. I would clap. He's always got to get his little jab in there. This is some of the most gorgeous camera work I've seen in this show since it started. These sweeping shots of them taking their boat into old Valeria. These sweeping shots of them in the water, the sheen of glass, the old, the kind of cool structures that are in the water now. the, The poetry as they enter it. It's really cool. The smoking sea, the doom still rules Valeria. Jaro's not afraid of the doom. He talks about the Valerians were the best in the world at almost everything, and then they weren't. Tyrion recalls the volcano that destroyed them, but in a much more poetic way, right? Mm-hmm. Than I could say. It's a volcano. Boom. You're yeah. all fucking dead. Your, your city's gone. You're all dead. And then um, we get that really cool scene where the dragon flies over. But before that... Valeria is kind of cool. I was actually looking it up. So Valeria was destroyed four centuries ago in a catastrophic volcanic event known as the Doom, which shattered the peninsula, wiped out almost all the dragons in the world, and created the much-feared Smoking Sea. The only family of Valerian dragon lords to survive were the Targaryens, who were living on Dragonstone at the time, which is where Stannis was. Yes. So before Stannis had it, the Targaryens did. Obviously, Dragonstone. Obviously. The Targaryens, the, the Targaryen dragons on their island were the only ones to survive the cataclysm. Pretty Makes cool. Makes sense. So yeah, it's kind of neat that, that that was the seat, that was a seat of power for a long time. Yeah. And then the volcano kind of pompeyed it and that was the end pompeyed of that. Pompeyed it. Nice. Ba-boom. I like that. So a cool scene. How awesome is the double fake out? Well, first, before that, before the fake out, the dragon flies over, Tyrion's like, holy shit, maybe this little girl is formidable after all. I love this because Jorah is surprised at how big Drogon has gotten, but Tyrion's reaction to seeing a dragon is, awesome. is incredible. It, it it made me like, it gave me like goosebumps because I, it's just the thought or of Or the like, goose flesh, yes. as George R. R. Martin says. 
dragons used to be this thing. It's all people talked about, but now they're gone and no one's seen one. And, and can you imagine being Tyrion and seeing a dragon like that? Like his reaction was perfect. Awesome. I, I loved it. I don't I don't know how else to, to, to describe it. It was just incredible. Yep. Very cool. Something he's never seen before. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And something that Jorah sees and he's like, whoa, these you got big. shit. And it's just flying over and it's so mm-hmm. cool. It's tough not to like the dragons. They're just oh, they're I know. so I love them. badass. And then we have this moment where we're like, oh, that's how we're going to end it. And then we see that blurred image in the background Jump. The water. And this scared me. That was so cool. Like this like actually like frightened me. Like it, I was like, what the hell was that? It, it like freaked me out. Yeah, it was nice. And then they start fighting the stone men. Pum, 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 pum. That cool like Planet of the Apes yes, sound and music. music. Was great. It was so cool. And uh, Tyrion's it's just a great scene. Handcuffed, which yeah. makes it difficult. I would have been like, uh, hey, Tyrion, fighting, fighting here. I don't get time to cut your hand. Shut your little mouth. I know. And Tyrion's like, uh, can you please take off, untie me? And Jorah's like, um, hello. Fighting. Stone men. Fighting here. And both. then we get a little uh, Titanic moment where we think uh, he's sinking to the bottom in a long, a long fade to black. It's yes. black for a while. And then boom. And and Dean's reaction was, they're, are they going to end it like this? And I was like, uh, yeah, they're going to end it like this where you don't know if Tyrion's alive or dead. But then they didn't. They didn't. And this is this is what I mean by a double fake out. Yeah, because last time with the dragon flying over, I think I said last week because it showed this on like next time on Game of Thrones. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how the episode's going to end. That's right. I was almost right. And Not then the fight. stoneman attack. So that's fake out one. Fake out two is he goes black in the water. And you're like, shit. And then the second big thing is fucking Jorah has a little something on his wrist. Yeah, Jorah saved Tyrion, and they he asks, and he's like, "Did they touch you?" And Tyrion says, "No." And he's like, "Do they touch you?" And Jorah shakes his head, but he's lying. At first, I was thinking it'd be funny if he just brushed it off, and it was like wet sand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Nothing to see here. That's like an SNL skit, yeah, like exactly. making fun of like exactly. Game of Thrones, just like the one that I want somebody to do with the Brazilian brothers at Thanksgiving. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, yeah, that's exactly what that would be like. That's so funny. Um, P.S. But no. Jorah has already warmed up to Tyrion, has he not? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he untied him right there. Yep. He really has. How can you not warm up to Tyrion? They're on the same page now, you know? Yep. Um, and Tyrion's so funny. He's like, thank you, Jorah. And then he said, of course, I wouldn't need saving if you hadn't kidnapped me in the first place. Right. Which is typical Tyrion. Sure. Sure. Gotta get his sarcasm in there. Yep. And then they say something about a fishing village. We're going to walk. Yeah, yeah. They're like, maybe we'll find a boat. Maybe we'll get this. And Tyrion's like, well, what if we don't? And then Jorah's like, well, it's going to be a long walk. Right. They're going to rest there for the night. But, um, oh, shit. Jorah's in trouble. Right. And we've got so much talk of grayscale and, and what happens to you. And, you know, I, I've been waiting for there to be more grayscale going on. Here it is. This is why, you know, Gilly helped us out and talked about it a lot. Is the grayscale going to kill Jorah? Unless he's going to call his friend Stannis and ask for the number of his maester. Um, yeah. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Hey, former slave trader here. Hey, uh, hey uh, what's going on? Uh, got a, I'm a former slave trader and... Uh, Shit. Damn, fucking Stannis ain't taking my calls. <laughs> he's like sending a raven to like, Shireen, dear Shireen, heard you can read well and survive grayscale. Please help. Hmm. Love, Jorah. <laughs> Daddy, who's Jorah? So yeah, I don't know. Uh, is it going to spread? They've That's been what talking it does. a lot about it. That's what it does. To other people. Oh, will there be an outbreak? Like, Will they have to call Dustin Hoffman? Dead? 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Will they have the nuke the town? Maybe put everybody down in quarantine. Hmm. Cool shit's coming, I think. I think so, too. A lot of stuff is going on. It's really exciting. Not going to lie. What's going to happen to Jorah when he goes back to... Is is Jorah going to get... Are Tyrion... Let me ask you. Is Tyrion and Jorah going to get back to Marine? Tyrion is. You think Jorah's dead? Uh, yes, but I don't know if it's going to be before or after he ends up in Marine. I see him dying in some amazing sacrifice. But now that he's got the grayscale going on. Like, I don't know, maybe does Danny pardon him because he's dying? And then well, he just dies. He just lives out his days staring at her lovingly. What happens when he goes back and she, he finds out not only is she banging Dario, she's marrying another man. His little heart's going to be broken. Let the grayscale take me, he's going to say. I think he's going to be more happy that she's marrying this guy than having sex with some rogue. No, she's gonna be, he's going to be upset about both. Well, do you think we will see any of our heroes in the fighting pits? Like Dario? Maybe. Or Grey Worm? Maybe. Masandi won't Not great. No, not, yeah. I don't think they'll be allowed to do that. What about Jorah? Jorah's going to the fighting pit? He's got grayscale. You can't do that. Just saying. He's a stone man. Tyrion? Will they throw Tyrion in there? No, it's only voluntary. The fighting pits are voluntary. Okay, fair enough. Get it right. Only free men, right? Only free men. They can't force you to go in the fighting pits. I don't know if they fight for money. Enough about the fighting pits. It's like Fight Club. Yeah. Just call Brad Pitt and Ed Norton, or they're both, oh. Spoiler alert, they're the same person, but call them. Well, you're not supposed to talk about it. Let's get to our listener comments, shall we? Certainly. All right. We got four people to talk about. We're going to start with you, Jessica. Who do you have? I have Christian Cortez. Christian Cortez, thanks for writing in, my friend. Let's hear what he had to say about Kill the Boy. Christian said, yeah, for real. Reek's storyline is just an ongoing frustrating existence. The writers owe it to us to show Reek's revenge just to release the tension already. I cringe every time his scenes come on. Agreed. Never seen a character in any series be so depressing. But Reek's revenge has to be savagely epic. Some Hannibal Lecter shit. And finally, I get to see dragons the way I want to see dragons. In a dungeon, lurking in the shadows, ready to spark up a barbecue. I think Game of Thrones is finally getting me back on board. Nice. Great comment. Yes, I hope it is epic as well. I hope it is savagely epic. That would make my fucking day. Hannibal Lecter-like? Love that guy. Very nice. All right. Thank you for that. Moving right along, we got Peter. Peter Herman says, awesome episode. I think they keep getting better. See a real parallel between John and Daenerys. Yes. Yes. John has to kill the boy and Daenerys the girl. Daenerys has the added bonus of dragons to barbecue her enemies. Yes. (laughs) John taking a huge risk sailing to try to recruit wildlings. It's a smart move, but you can't blame the rest of the watch for not being thrilled. 100% agree with you, Peter. He continues by saying, poor Sansa. Her first husband to be, her first husband to be wanted to serve her brother's decapitated head at his wedding. Now her future husband is making the guy she thinks killed her brothers and trashed her home give her away at the wedding to the son of the man who cut her mother's throat. That is an amazing comment right there. I'm sorry. (laughs) He continues by saying, we learned during Littlefinger's trial that Sansa can think quick on her feet. I think she's going to become a real badass. Love the reassuring smile the woman who came in to her room gave her after telling... Her to light a candle in the tower if she's ever in trouble. You are not alone. I imagine all the bannermen of the North sharpening their swords, prepping to kick some Bolton ass. How cool was that dragon flying overhead and then the shock look on Tyrion's face when seeing it. Then in the background, that badass stone dude just stone dude just drops into the water like a corpse. I think Baldy the eunuch can't be far off. I hope Ready not. to save Tyrion and deliver her to the queen. 
How did Tyrion survive that underwater death dive anyway? Jorah saved him. Yeah. Maybe he's just got efficient oxygen use. That was an amazing comment, Peter. Thank you very much. Yeah, it really was actually a great comment. Jessica, who do you have? I have uh, Jesse Privet. Jesse Privet. Let's hear it. I like this episode. I do hope Reed comes to his senses now that he feels shame again. It seems the dragons are eating well. That part was awesome. Also awesome when they see the dragon flying overhead, but then Jorah can't catch a break and gets stone cooties. <laughs> Tyrion was excellent as always, and Jon Snow is becoming a man. I thought a grip made him a man seasons ago. <laughs> Keep up the awesome quality, guys. She sure did. Thank you for that, my friends. All right. Damaris says, out of all the characters past and present, Stannis is by far the best bet as true king. His strategies, composure, decisions exude the passion needed to rule the Iron Throne. I only wish Rob Stark had done against his bannermen and backed Stannis as the king of the north. Where would they be now? On a side note, five episodes in and still no Bran or Rickon. That's a very good comment. I think we are all on board the Stannis bandwagon right now with you, Damaris. Yes. No doubt. Uh, he is doing all of those things. He's making good decisions. He's displaying leadership. He's giving agency. He's not like, you know, he has such a reputation for this iron fist, but he's like giving his fleet to John saying, do this, do that. Mm-hmm. He's really, uh, he's really brought in his horizons. Yes. Which would be great for his tragic death. Oh, wow. God. So, Bran or Rickon? You yeah, got we, some news there, Jessica? Well, I don't know if it's news when we discussed. I have no idea what Rickon is. But I am pretty sure that I read before the season started that we weren't going to see Bran and Hodor at all this season. Um, I feel like the actor who plays Hodor um, said something about that, that he wasn't going to be in season, what are we, in season five? Yes. He wasn't going to be in season five at all. Um, I didn't look it up, and I don't have the information in front of me. I know my iPad, but I'm 99% sure that I did read that before the season started. Ian's looking it up right now. Okay, so we got a website here, Entertainment Weekly, and they, they said a, bunch of shit. Uh, a couple of months ago, uh, the guy who plays Hoarder, Christian Naren, let it slip to a reporter that he and Thrones co-star Isaac Hempstead, who is Hempstead Wright, who is Bran, had the upcoming season off. Yes, that's the article I read. So writer and executive producer David Benioff, who is the showrunner on the acclaimed fantasy series, along with Dan Weiss, tells EAEW exclusively that there are a couple of reasons for the move, and both are about crafting a strong season that fits within the show's seven-year narrative plan. See, seven Ooh, years. Oh, jeez. I'm not going to continue by reading that, but that was on EW Weekly, uh, and um, it was written by James Hibbard. So I just want to make sure I cite that. So James Hibbard of Entertainment Weekly has a whole story on this, and uh, we appreciate that information. So if you want to check that out, you can go to EW.com. They go to that article. If you just type in Wino Brand Entertainment Weekly, you're going to find the you're going to find it. So yeah, he's got They're a whole. Smart. They can figure it out. Yep, he's got a whole article on there, and uh, that's that. So. Yeah, so there's your answer, Damara. So no Rickon. Uh, wait, well, well, we, we don't know anything dis- about Rickon. Yeah. He could Rickon. be anywhere with OSHA. Doing God knows what. Probably answering OSHA claims that people are filing in the regular Western world. A negative three points. Why? Terrible joke. I know. Wow. How dare you? <laughs> Final thoughts. Um, I liked it. I liked that we didn't see everybody. They didn't try to put too much into one episode. I think it made it a stronger episode. And I think they're going to follow that next week. Um, in the previews for next week, all we saw was really King's Landing and Arya. So I get the feeling that we're going to see a lot of stuff we didn't see this week and not, you know, five minutes for everybody. Right. And I like it that way. I like what they're doing right now. I agree. I thought this episode was cool. I'm I'm so intrigued by the Winterfell-Stannis collision course. 
that's the most interesting thing to me so far. I don't mind the high spiral stuff, the Faith Militant, Cersei and Marjorie's games that they play, Littlefinger returning to King's Landing oh, and all that stuff. That. But the Winterfell Stannis stuff, I'm super pumped. I'm om- I'm as pumped about that as I am to see how Stansa... Sansa? Stansa? Who the Would fuck is that? Would you just think a showman of Stannis and Sansa? Oh my God. I want to strangle you because you oh, said showman. Stansa. It wouldn't be a podcast episode if she didn't say showman's. But yeah, so Stansa, that's the... Uh, <laughs> Dean ships that. Yeah, no, I don't. Fanfic. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the Sansa thing pays off. Uh, I think it will. Yeah. I have high hopes. I have high hope too. High hopes too. Anything else you want to tell the good people before we bid them adieu? I don't think so. Awesome. Well, we will catch you guys on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Have a great week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking out LSG Media's coverage of A Game of Thrones. Make sure you check us out on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net, where you can see other shows we have like The Walking Dead and the Science Fiction Film Podcast. All right, folks, we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Have a good one.